With Lothian's two brothers, John and Tom, Bell Brothers owned collieries, quarries, and iron ore mines, factories and foundries whose furnaces, burning twenty-four hours a day, regularly reddened the night skies. His company and its associates employed more than forty-seven thousand men, and the family boast was that they would make anything from a needle to a ship. Besides the first iron and steelworks in Newcastle, and the second at Port Clarence in Middlesbrough, he set up a chemical plant for the country's first manufacture of aluminium, until then a metal as valuable as gold. On the factory's opening day, he was driven in his carriage through the streets of Newcastle in an aluminium top hat, which he doffed to the crowd. He was the first British ironmaster to own a machine for making steel rope. Lothian wrote several scientific books, but his most remarkable was a comprehensive and logical assessment of Britain's prospects for competing with the world in steel production. He invested heavily in research into the process of steelmaking and was determined to push Britain into developing new technological industries. In the hope that all of British industry would follow his example, he advocated government support for scientific research and technical development. But in this, after a lifetime's work, he failed. As he had forecast, other countries, and particularly Germany with its Krupp's armaments and Tyson steel, grew in technical competence and productivity, outstripping Britain and building the wealth and power they were to wield in the First World War. A formidable giant of a man, a paterfamilias who would have almost sixty grandchildren, the number is disputed, Lothian and his wife Margaret Pattinson set a pattern for the Bells of comfortable rather than lavish lifestyle. Considering the huge scale of his enterprises and his position as the Bill Gates of his day, he did not live extravagantly. This may have had something to do with Margaret's influence. She came from a family of shopkeepers and scientists. His first house, Washington New Hall, four miles south of Newcastle-upon-Tyne, a stone's throw from the home of the ancestors of George Washington, was not quite a mansion, and the house he built at the zenith of his power, Rountain Grange, was not quite a stately home. He toyed with Gothic, but settled for William Morris's humbler arts and crafts style, with its emphasis on traditional artisan skills as a panacea for the ravages wreaked by the Industrial Revolution. This would remain the characteristic style of the Bell's private houses and public buildings. Unlike many heirs to great fortunes, Lothian's elder son Hugh, Gertrude's father, also lived modestly for a captain of industry. His own first house, Red Barns at the fishing village of Redcar on the Yorkshire coast, a short train journey from Clarence, reflected this. After Lothian's death, the house he owned in London was sold, the money presumably divided between Hugh and his siblings, Charles, Ada, Maisie, and Florence. Lothian was admired rather than loved, and appears to have been dictatorial and harsh towards his family. Gertrude and her sisters and brothers addressed him as Pater, an illustrated family alphabet they drew up for Christmas at Rountain in 1877, when Gertrude was nine, reflects the feelings of the children towards their abrasive grandfather. A for us all come to spend Christmas week, 
B for our breathless endeavours to speak. C is the crushing, contemptuous pater. Elsa, Gertrude's younger half-sister, has added, Sir Isaac Lothian Bell, in pencil, lest it be thought that this description referred to the gentler and kindlier Hugh. A family story suggests the awe with which Pater was regarded by the Bells. Lothian forbade anyone to use his horses. When one of his granddaughters fainted one evening at dinner from a riding injury, a broken collarbone, everyone conspired to hide the truth. She had borrowed one of his horses and gone hunting with the gentry. The children's grandmother, Margaret, could be as scathing as Lothian. A tea-time visitor once said to her hostess, "'Your scones are lovely.' "'So I see,' retorted the old lady.